Hey there, it's Dr. Sophia Satterwhite, founder and CEO of She Heals the World. I'm so happy that you are tuning in to today's episode to hear the top lifestyle and business tips from women entrepreneurs all around the globe. If you found this show helpful, be sure to share it with a friend. That's how our community grows. Today's guest is coming up next. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the She Heals the World talk show. So over here in the New York City area and on the East Coast in general, we are battling a huge snowstorm. So I thought it would be a great opportunity to air the talk that I had with Natasha Bull from Salt and Lavender, where we go through all of her favorite comfort food recipes. And when you're stuck inside for snow day, I don't know about you, but there is nothing better than to get in the kitchen and just make some cozy, warm comfort food. So I'm really excited to have Natasha with us, but also she doesn't just share her recipes, she also shares her story on how she built a food blogging business. Natasha literally has millions of people visiting her site every single month. So if you are in the space where you're thinking about launching a food business or a recipe business, or you're just trying to figure out how to grow online, you definitely want to listen in to what Natasha has to share. So I can't wait to air this episode with you and join me please in welcoming Natasha Bull. Natasha, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. So excited to be here. So excited to have you. So can you tell us all how you got started with this work? Sure. So one day back in 2015, I said to myself that, hey, you've just turned 30. You're turning 30 this year. You've dreamed about starting a business your whole life. It's time to pick something already. So in a nutshell, Salt and Lavender is a website. Um, I make most of my income through ad revenue. So when people go to my website, either like via Instagram or through Google um, and the ads load, that's how I make most of my income. Um, I also sometimes work with brands and we call those sponsored posts. So basically I get paid by a brand for developing an original recipe and like doing photos and promoting it. And I also make a small portion of my income through affiliate sales. So any of the Amazon links you see in my blog posts, I get a tiny kickback commission for those. Very cool. Well, I mean, that's a pretty fun business. And I know it hasn't all been gravy. So I'd love to know about what hurdles you may have overcome in the building process to creating this amazing business that you run today. (laughs) Oh, geez, so many hurdles. So I guess it's hard when you think you have something to offer, but the world doesn't yet know who you are. So at least in my case, I had to keep on going in order to get to the place that I knew I could be in my mind. So there's, there's a point, and I think this happens to a lot of creatives, where you're spending more on the business than you're actually bringing in. It's really tough. I think that's when a lot of people quit. So in my case, in my business, it doesn't cost a lot when you get your first website and, you know, you're paying the hosting and stuff, but it quickly starts to add up when you're buying like backdrops for your recipe photography, photography equipment, um, ingredients, when you need to upgrade your camera. Um, There's a lot of costs associated with uh, running a food blog, like all the different plugins you need to buy like security, all that sort of stuff. So it does add up. And when you're like, okay, you know, I'm making pennies in ad revenue and 
you've got all these expenses because you need to keep going. And then I think that's, that's a tough point, but you just have to keep going. Um, you know, and then you eventually get through it. At least I found that in my case. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So one time Pinterest, they suspended my account. It was accidentally caught in a spam filter. Yeah, that was fun. So at that point, um, it made up about 60% of my traffic and my income. Wow. Yeah. So like 60% was like gone overnight. And so it was terrifying. I did eventually get my account back, but it made me realize that I really needed to diversify. So instead of putting all my eggs in the Pinterest basket, I was like, okay, I need to do some SEO. So it's search engine optimization so that people you know, can Google stuff and it'll come up for them. And so I tried to do that. And, you know, as I say, like diversify your income streams. So in retrospect, that actually was a good thing. Um, mm. But yeah, that definitely felt like a huge, huge barrier to overcome. Mm-hmm. Um, some days everything just seemed to go wrong. Like I'd have a failed recipe or my photos would fail. And at that point I was working a full-time job and I literally could only do photography on the weekends because I'd get home and it would be dark, right? I live in Canada, especially in the winter. Um, So it it was tough. Like you just have to kind of regroup and try again the next day when things go really bad. Like I didn't have a weekend off for a good three years. It was mentally exhausting, physically exhausting, but something just told me, you know, you have to keep going. Like this side hustle, you're making progress. It may not be as fast as you want, but eventually it'll pay off. Hopefully. Um, it did take me a while to figure out my niche. So at one point I even tried to be a health food blog. And if you've ever, if you've seen my recipes these days, you know, they're mostly like cozy comfort foods and you know, Mm. the health food blog aspect didn't quite work like really if you want to be health food blog you kind of have to go like all in on the health food and Mm -hmm. I kind of had a mix of stuff but (laughs) I just kept going yeah just kept going and was like okay so what are people resonating with um a lot of my like creamy pastas and creamy sauces started to do really well and I was like okay I think I have something here and my Instagram was growing and I was like okay so let's replicate what's working And Mm. that's the point when things started to take off when I was really looking at what my audience was actually wanting versus kind of what I thought, you know, may do well. Like, okay, these real people who are following me seem to like this stuff. So let's just roll with it. Yes, that is such a good point that you just made there. And I want everybody to pay attention to it, that you felt like you took off the fastest when you started to figure out what your audience wanted from you. And that gave you the confirmation to keep going in that direction and to grow. And, you know, looking back, it's I'm sure you get like goosebumps because you have like over 290,000 followers, like literally almost 300,000 people on Instagram are following you. And I know you have more on your blog and more on your Pinterest and more on all of your other platforms. And so it worked. At what point did you feel like, oh my goodness, this really took off. I think it's time for me to quit my job. So I was actually, it was kind of funny. So I started this website basically because I wanted to eventually quit my job. But then when I equaled my day job's income, I thought, okay, let's just keep working at both because, you know, I want that security blanket. Because, like, I had a great boss and, like, it was a secure, well-paid job. And I was like, let's let's just, you know, let's work at both just in case, you know, blogging vanishes or something, right? 
So mm-hmm. it took me actually a whole year before I quit my job after I had equal the income. So it wasn't like any one moment. I think I was kind of crazy. Like looking back, I'm like, holy crap, like why, <laughs> why did I stay for so long? But, you know, I dealing with change and my job was actually about dealing with change. So ironically, like I wasn't great at dealing with the change of potentially quitting my job, which was about yeah. helping people through change and organizational <laughs> change management, which I know is very ironic, but uh Yeah, I mean, I think once I realized that I could quit the job, and I did, that's when I was like, oh my goodness, like, you know, this, this really is working. Yeah, yeah. What has been your greatest win so far with the whole business? So I was giving me some thought, and I think that, like, overall, probably that I've been able to create all this from the ground up. So if you look at a big picture, my day-to-day life, I'm no longer ruled by a nine-to-five job. I've met people that I know consider to be really, really good friends because of this. Like I've gone on trips, I've done a blogging conference, I've hung out with people who are now like some of my closest friends all because of this. Um, I've had Mm. some pinch me type moments. Like there's some people that I've respected and admired for years who now follow me. Like some of the like Mm. original kind of so-called like quote unquote big bloggers. Like when Sally from Sally's Baking Addiction started following me, I was like, oh my goodness. And yeah. like, one, I know, and there's at least one Food Network personality who follows me, and I was like, oh my god, Emma Roberts, the actress, follows me. Wow. And yeah, and I was just like, wow, like that's you know that like if you told me this five six years ago, I would have been like, really? Like I kind of believe it, but I don't. <laughs> um, and I guess now I'm at the point where millions of people come to my website for recipes and they put their trust in me. Like when I see, you know, the comments and the people tagging me in my own recipes on Instagram and, you know, just like 15 minutes ago, I got a a message from this girl who said like, you know, thank you. You're teaching me how to cook. And it's, those are my Mm -hmm. favorite kind of messages because like the idea that I can give people confidence in the kitchen like that's that's basically like the best comment that I could receive that you know I'm a new cook and because of your wording like I'm able to cook this and I feel confident now it's like I'm not curing cancer here but you know that just makes me feel so good so those are probably the best things yeah and I think overall I'm probably mostly impressed by my own persistence like that's I think probably like my tenacity is probably one of my favorite traits about myself like I'm not someone who gives up easily and I'm just like, you know what, like it's, things aren't great right now, but I'm going to keep going. And then if you can do yeah. that consistently, even when you don't feel like it, then, you know, five, six years later, you can end up in a completely different place. So I guess I'm quite proud of that, that I, that I didn't quit no matter how many times I wanted to quit. Yeah, well, we and I am so proud of you too, Natasha. And obviously, it paid off. And it would be foolish of me not to tap into your brilliance and your genius and have you share some of those comfort dishes and your favorite recipes with us and dishes as we kind of close out this season of quarantining. I mean, this has been an ultimate foodies season. Everyone who I don't, I actually wanted to ask you if you are a cook naturally or if you kind of learned it, but I know for me, I am not a natural cook. Everything that I do in the kitchen wise, it's because I've watched a tutorial tens and tens and tens of times so that I can practice and try to get better. But I am thankful because this season that we've been inside, it's given me an opportunity to really hone in on that craft. And so um, I can't wait to hear what ideas you have, because I'm going to give this whole 
cooking thing one last hurrah before the borders open up and I get back on the road and start traveling again. So <laughs> share what you got, please. <laughs> sure, yeah. And I think, like, I don't know. I'd say I'm not, like, I'm a partially natural cook, I would say. Like, I think with anything, if you have some sort of a little bit of natural, I don't really like the word talent, but like a little sort of natural kind of inclination or like aptitude towards something. But like anything else, you really have to put some effort in if you want to be good, right? Like I never went to culinary school. I'm basically like self-taught, mom taught. If I don't know something, then, you know, I'll go on YouTube or I'll go kind of research something how to do it. And I think like, you know, it sounds like a cliche, but you should never stop learning, right? The moment you stop learning and think that you know everything, that's when you start to get yourself into trouble, I'd say. So, yes. like, I'm always, always trying to improve, even my own, like, recipes. Uh, all the time, I'll go back to older posts and review them and, you know, slightly tweak wording and be like, okay, I learned a better technique for this, so let's retest this recipe and, you know, update it and make it more clear, republish it. Like, there's definitely an art to writing up recipes so the directions are easy to follow. And on some of my early stuff on the blog, I kind of look back and cringe and I'm like, oh God, people are making this and it's not in line with like my current standards for recipe writing, for example, <laughs> or photography. So yeah. I'd say like, you know, it's partially kind of natural in what you're interested in, but you know, you got to practice like with anything. So I think it's great, yeah. actually. Like that's one of the silver linings, I guess, of all this whole COVID and quarantining that you know, people have been in the kitchen more and it's, it's nice that I could be a part of it for some people, you know, to, mm. to help them become a little more confident in the kitchen. So, you know, it's like, like I tell people, the worst that can happen is like you burn something after you throw it out, you know, exactly. like it's, yes. it's not fun at the time. Like I have recipe fails all the time. <laughs> and I have to, you know, get rid of stuff. I'm like, oh, I thought this would be a great idea for the blog. It's like, no, no, it wasn't a good idea at all. <laughs> so, yeah, just you got to keep trying. Well, that's good. I think that's good for people going into this, knowing like what you just said, like, it's okay if you mess up. You know, when you do hear these dishes and we're going to drop all the links to the exact recipes um, on the site and on the shehealstheworld.com forward slash blog episode for this episode um and we're so you'll be able to follow along and grab the link and see all the specifics that natasha has for you but also going into this i thought that that was really important advice know that you can mess up and if you do mess up you can start again and again and again until you get it to exactly where you need it to be so with that i'm going to turn it over to you natasha pull out my notepad and take some notes on these comfort dishes so this season, one of my most popular recipes is my lemon chicken orzo soup. It mm. happens to be quite healthy, which is which is good, right? But it's just mm. it's kind of like your standard chicken noodle soup, but we brighten it up with lemon juice, and everyone just goes crazy for orzo. And that one mm. that has so many positive reviews, and it's just been so popular lately. It's kind of like a hug in a bowl. So I definitely had to mention that one. And um, do also, you have any herbs, special herbs that you put in that, like parsley or anything to give it specific flavor? Or it's kind of basic, like with the pasta and the chicken. I, I know we'll have the specifics later, but just out of curiosity. Yeah, that one I like to put in some fresh chopped parsley. Like I find a lot of okay. people think of parsley as just a garnish, but um, it, it really kind of 
makes it even like fresher and brighter. And I think there's some Italian seasoning in there, just like the standard dried Italian blend. But you can see in the comments, a lot of people have kind of put their own twist on the recipe. So it's like basic enough that you can use it as a base. And you can definitely, you know, if you happen to have some herbs in the garden, like dress it up with whatever you've got. Nice. Lemon chicken orzo. Perfect. So another one, my chicken gnocchi alfredo bake. This is a relatively new recipe. And uh, when I was testing it, like I basically couldn't stop standing over the stove and spooning it out of the pan into my mouth. (laughs) It was so good. And I think the photos don't quite do it justice. It is so hard to take photos that, you know, of something that's like beige on beige on beige. But take my word for it that the taste is just so good. That one is so comforting. I just love gnocchi. It's like little pillowy Mm. delights. So that one, a few people have made it so far and like they, they like it. They love it. Now I have to ask a health foodie question only because I do do gluten every now and again, but I bought these sweet potato gnocchis and I'm wondering, could I sub out regular gnocchi for sweet potato gnocchi if I'm trying to be on a health kick that week? Yeah, that should work. I mean, it depends okay. also on like your flavor preference. Like I have a lot of gnocchi recipes. So I think with most of them that should work. And I know a lot of people have tried my recipes with the Trader Joe's cauliflower gnocchi. Um, yes, I have that too. It's been successful. So I see no reason why that wouldn't work. Beautiful. Awesome. Perfect. Okay, another one, my penny ala vodka. This is one of my all-time favorite recipes on my website. It comes together so quickly if you like like a slightly creamy tomato based sauce this is one to try like it's hard to explain just like what the vodka actually kind of does to the sauce but like if you've ever had a good penny ala vodka then you'll want to give this one a try it comes together so fast basically the sauce is done in like less time than it takes to boil the pasta yes got it okay I need to brush up on my sauces. I mean, I know the difference between like fettuccine and like regular marinara, but vodka sauce, I've never made it before. And so the combination of ingredients is going to be interesting for me to try this. (laughs) Yeah, no, you really should. Like I said, it's like, I can't put into words like what effect the vodka actually has on the sauce, but like, it just, it tastes so good. Like I, Mm. I just love it. Like to me, it's so much better than like a regular just like creamy tomato sauce. It's like add in that splash of vodka and it is so good. Okay, so I also have a baked ravioli recipe, which is a relatively new addition to my website. You just take your standard like store-bought ravioli. You don't have to make your own, don't worry. And I believe I use ground a nice ground beef mixture and some marinara sauce. And then you put a nice layer of cheese on top and you bake it until it's like bubbly goodness. And Mm. that definitely qualifies as like a nice winter comfort food. I love ravioli. Love, love, love that. Okay. And last but not least, my chicken and gravy. Also kind of a recent addition to my website. So this is just a simple pan fried chicken breast with um, like a pan gravy sauce. And it is like crazy easy to make. And it is just like so comforting. And it can be on your table in like 30 minutes or so. And if you make it with mashed potatoes, that's like the best comfort food meal. It's so good. Oh, I am 
hungry hearing you <laughs> talk about all of these recipes, but I cannot wait to try them and I cannot wait to make them and share them. And I just want to make sure everybody knows all of the links are going to be on the site so that you can check them out, follow it and head to Natasha's home space and see where all her goodies are and get all the details for the recipes. Natasha, thank you so much for sharing these dishes with us. Um, I will let you know how it goes. And uh, in awesome. the meantime, I'd love to also just kind of close out some of the stuff that you were talking about with your business. And here, you know, looking at the success that you've had, your site, like you said, millions of people are downloading and accessing your site. Your Instagram is amazing and your Pinterest has grown so much. So if you could look back and give your 10 year younger self any piece of advice, what would it be? Well, if I could actually look back, I would say start your website sooner. <laughs> but obviously, <laughs> you know, that, that that doesn't work. So I would say in general, I would say um, to stop beating yourself up for not having a successful business yet. Like, mm. I spent, I'm one of those people that, you know, like I said earlier, I always wanted my own business. I always expected a lot of myself and, you know, working at the nine to five job, I always thought like, you know, there was more for me out there, but I struggled so much because I did not know what to do. And I kind of felt like a loser. And, you know, I tried to talk to, you know, some of my friends and colleagues and no one really understood me, right? So at some point you just, you know, you gotta shut up and get on with it, right? Like, I sometimes hear the word entrepreneur, you know, where mm. you like want to be an entrepreneur, and that was me. I felt for like all my 20s, you know, I'd talk about it and I'd think about it, and but not actually do anything about it. So, I'm glad I just said to myself one day, okay, you know, I'm tired of my own excuses and. I just want to get on with it and we got to find something, right? So I would just be a little kinder to myself, you know, obviously my 20s are done and, you know, it's not like I didn't, you know, somewhat enjoy my 20s, but, you know, mm. tell myself, like, stop being so hard on yourself, like, it'll come to you eventually, you know, you can relax a bit. Um, and even still, I'm one of those people that I focus on the future way too much, like, I need to really be present, kind of enjoy the present moment. I find that I'm always thinking about, you know, the next thing, and that's something, like, even today I need to remind myself of, and I'd probably remind past Natasha of that, too. <laughs> wow, beautiful. Take your time. Take your time. Love it, Natasha. How can our audience find and support you? Well, the best way to support me is to visit my website. You know, visit my website, make my recipes. If you do make something and you enjoy it, leave a comment, leave a review. Tag me on Instagram so I can see what you've made. I just love seeing what readers have made. Um, like you mentioned, I'm on Pinterest. Um, I also have Facebook and Twitter. Just everything is just at Salt and Lavender. But yeah, my website, um, Instagram, that's probably where I hang out the most on Instagram. So if you do have any questions, you know, feel free to ask or leave me a comment on my blog. I'm always happy to help answer any cooking questions. Amazing. Natasha from Salt and Lavender, thank you so much for coming on the show. And I can't wait to have you back. Thanks so much. Well, there you have it. Thanks for listening to the She Heals the World talk show with Dr. S. To learn more about how to live your life by design, 
grab a freebie at shehealstheworld.com forward slash freebie.